This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat, who just slid right in there like Chris Collinsworth. That's right, the NFL is back, baby. But so is the NHL and Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. We have a lot to talk to you guys about today. Obviously, the Penguins just recently released their dates and roster for their development camp. It has felt like forever, and it feels like the Penguins were behind the eight ball somehow on this. But we'll get to that to lead off the show. And then, of course, we're going to bring in a, a different segment with all the injuries to Crosby and Malkin, and we know there's going to be more, we're going to talk about if we could bring back one former Penguin in the Crosby era to help out this year's team, who would that be? Stay tuned for that, but let's start with the Penguins releasing the dates and the roster for development camp. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, why does it feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins are like behind on this? It feels like they're behind schedule. It's, uh, who knows, honestly, it, it being put off this far, I got nothing for you. I mean, we talked last episode about how <laughs> preseason games are just around the corner, and um, it looks like we're just going to bust through uh, development camp and training camp in the matter of a week around there. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, hey, it's, how long do they have for for camp last year i felt like it was a little bit more than a week though i don't remember i i, I mean i might be mistaken it it is at least a week but i thought it was two weeks training camp then you get into pre well we didn't have preseason games last year that might be why i guess not i i don't know though i mean maybe that maybe this that maybe that's a reason you know like maybe it's still being anything uh except for uh teams announcing for 100% vaccination rates. Way to go, teams, i.e. Carolina. Go you. Uh, but just... What? I don't I don't know. It, it seems late. But, again, I mean, hey, we don't run the show. We don't do anything of the sort. Uh, maybe we're just, maybe it's always been like this and we just haven't noticed and we're hungry, but I don't... I got nothing on why it feels so late. Maybe it's just the mental state we're in. <laughs> Possibly. Well, better late than never, at least. And it's nice to know that by this Saturday, there will be Pittsburgh Penguins skating in an organized matter at UPMC Lemieux Complex out in Cranberry. You said you might be going up for one of those. Do you think you're going to try to make it this weekend, or do you probably not have time? Uh, I, as I look at my schedule, I won't be able to make Saturday or Sunday, but I'm free the good days of Monday and Tuesday, which are... Um, the Tuesday is the scrimmage day, and there's like a special practice on Monday. So I will try my best. I'm assuming I won't be doing anything those mornings, so I will try and be up and I will try and report back. I will also try and talk to someone and maybe make that a work thing somehow. I don't know. I mean, there you go. regardless, I'll go up for the show. That's for damn sure. I know that. I will try and make one for sure. It looks like I'll be free those mornings. Well, the development camp will be running from September 18th to the 21st, like I said, starting this Saturday. And 
there's actually a decent amount of names on the roster that we looked at and we're excited about. I'll pull it up here on the video version. We have Drew O'Connor, Sam Poulan, Nathan Legare, Philip Hollander, Sam Hody. I believe that's how you say his name. Some of these names are going to be pretty interesting. Josh Williams, Jonathan Gruden. This is my favorite name. Shaw Boomhauer, Felix Robert, Justin Almeida, Lucas Svechkovsky, Kyle Olsen, Valtteri Pustinen, and Ravis Ansons. Those are all the forwards that are going to be in attendance. Defenseman-wise, they have Josh Maniscalco, Cam Lee, Will Riley, Ryan McCleary, Isaac Beliveau, Nicholas Almari, and Dylan McPherson. And goaltenders, there's three of them. Philip Lindbergh, Tommy Napier, and Brett Brochu. Horat, when you look at this list, who stands out to you? Sorry, I was writing a note for that I will bring up later. Um, when I look at the list, who stands out? i got to find it again. I just lost it. There it goes. Um, our old friends and Sam Poulin and Nathan Ligare obviously do. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett Brochu is an interesting case because he's supposed to be a very, very good goalie. With He was with the London Knights, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he is supposed to be very, very good. Um, and that could be interesting. I He's kind of coasted around our system last year, but, you know, didn't make much noise, kind of just practiced with Wilkes-Barre, but could have a future. Um, I will always fall back on the three college defensive signings in Maniscalco, Lee, and Riley. Um, other than that, names that stick out, I think Jonathan Gruden, because he's supposed to be a good talent in the – kind of near future for um as a forward prospect and he's the forward prospect we got from matt murray so i'm really interested interested to see what he can do um Mm -hmm. and if i'm going up you know to try and watch some of this i got to start keeping notes of names of who to keep an eye on um and see what they kind of look like in this setting yeah there's a couple names that are very very interesting i like that you mentioned jonathan gruden because last year he did spend some time in wilkes-barre seems like he's probably not on his way to Pittsburgh this season, but he might be making some pretty big strides this year. This is the year for him to really blossom in Wilkes-Barre and show what he's he, what he's worth there. And I think this is going to be, a, obviously, a big year for him. But looking at some of these other names, first of all, just purely for the name, and I mentioned it earlier, Shaw Boomhauer, I hope he is an extremely talented player because I would love to have a Boomhauer jersey. <laughs> but I'm not going to get it unless he does something productive in the NHL. So I'm hoping... He gets up there. That's almost like a Rob Klinkhammer situation there. You got to love some names like that. So I'm excited to see what he's worth. And also a guy like Valtteri Pustinen. We put our old interview with Jesse Marshall on our Monday episode as kind of a throwback. And that's somebody he mentioned by name, Valtteri Pustinen, somebody to keep an eye on. Coming over to North America, we'll see how he plays, especially in this development camp with what we kind of see is probably the entirety of our prospect pool. This, this is this is it. Yeah. And realistically, it's only a couple names on this list. You mentioned Maniscalco, Lee, and Riley, those college signings. It'll be fun to watch them. And it'll be fun to watch Poulin and Legere and Hollander. Those three should be the highlights of this entire development camp. Those three should set themselves apart from the rest of them. And you're hoping that they do, especially for a guy like Philip Hollander, who some Penguins fans and some analysts are saying has a shot to make the team this out year. of camp. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. this is step one, development camp, because... In normal development camps, these are the guys that you kind of see. Um, you take note of who's good and who's bad and who can go where, and then all of a sudden, a lot of these names, you'll never see again. So mm-hmm. this is their chance, and 
you know, that's not to say that they're bad hockey players, but that's just to say um, the Penguins just couldn't see it. You know, the scouts didn't see it. Maybe, you know, they're just going to find something better somewhere else. It's just going to be interesting to see. And I think, um, I think a lot of these names, though, that I'm seeing, yeah, are, yeah, are, uh, uh, prospect core is not very, you know, thick. But, yeah. like you said, they're all here. But I feel like there are some names that can blossom and do something with this organization in the future. I would like to see a lot of these names uh, stick around as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And one last name that I do want to mention before we move on to our a really fun segment about bringing back one former Penguin. I do want to mention Felix Robert because he started last season in Wheeling. Made his way up to the AHL in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, former line mate of Sam Poulin back in the QMJHL for the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Working his way up, we'll see how much he works with Poulin in this development camp. We'll see if he gets an invite to the professional training camp. And then, of course, if not, which where we expect him to start is the AHL, we'll get to see how he does in year two in professional hockey. So I'm excited to watch a lot of these players, really. I know a lot of people kind of talk down and, and talk bad about the Pittsburgh Penguins' development and their prospect pool right now, and it's for good reason. They really haven't had draft picks or an opportunity to develop too many players. But when I look at the list, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to watch for those three days, see updates from everybody. And unfortunately, I'm in Virginia, so I'm not going to make it up there. But I'm excited to hear back from, if you go, I'm excited to hear what your correspondent says, and I'm excited to hear what everybody else says. Yeah, it should be interesting. I will... You know, like I said, try and go and take as many notes as I can. Keep an eye on a certain amount of people and um, just take it in. Be back. Because I said I was excited for camp a few episodes ago and just, mm-hmm. you know, this is it. Free free admission, free to the public. This is what we like to see. Um, just got to, man, hope everyone stays. Sorry, I got blindsided by news when I opened Twitter looking for something and I'm a little thrown off now. <laughs> if uh, Whenever we get to a certain section of the show, I'll talk about it. Okay. No problem. We'll move on from the development camp and talk about a little bit of fantasy, at least our fantasy. The Penguins having injuries to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin to start the season is not ideal. So we thought, what better way to fantasize about making the team that much better this year? Why don't we pretend to bring back one former Penguin in the Crosby era to help out this year's team? And the ground rules are, the player that you pick is from... The skill level is from the era that he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, Horwat, who do you have? Who are you bringing back to play on this year's Penguins team right out of the uh, game? I'm going to come up with a couple of names. But the first name I'm thinking of, and it's not really... It's kind of just a hard answer because, yeah, I was a big fan of his girl in, uh, in high school. But it's Tyler Kennedy for one is the wing um, because, I mean, the guy shot the puck like nobody's business. I mean, yeah, he didn't hit the net that often, but um, he was a piece that... Uh, was utilized quite often and because this team right now um with Malkin and Crosby down is lacking center depth I want to toss in and really focus in on my real choice here uh, which is a center and Tyler Kennedy's line mate and Jordan Stahl so again Mm I've I've mentioned on this podcast multiple times before sure as a child I wasn't the biggest Jordan Stahl fan but as you grow older you kind of realize (laughs) what he brought to the team, what he um, meant to the team uh, in the lineup, that he was the depth center before you know, we knew what depth centers were. A bottom six center that got the job done, killed penalties, and he didn't play the fun style of hockey that kids love, but he played the style of hockey that hockey fans like, like us. So 
Um, and seeing what he can do now on his own team, sort of with uh, in Carolina, what he's done, it's great stuff. So I think the young Jordan Stahl, whenever he was just kind of growing and learning the game still, uh, that's my real choice here because we're lacking center depth. I mean, at this point, it'd be like the 2011 uh, playoffs again. He's starting as the first-line center. Here we are again because Malkin and Crosby are both <laughs> out. We're starting with Jordan Stahl. Plus, add Stahl to a center core of – it would be Stahl, Jeff Carter, probably uh, Teddy Bluger, and then we're still hoping for Brian Boyle. Those are <laughs> mountains of men and childhood Teddy. It's, it's so, that's a huge um, center core that uh, it's entertaining to see in general. But uh, Jordan Stahl is the answer because he was always that reliable back force whenever he played. You know, the beginning of his career, a lot of games as the second line center because we didn't have Malkin and/or Crosby. So uh, he's been there before. He's he, you know, and then whenever he went on to his own team, he did it again. It's it, he's there. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. He's definitely my main pick. And I tossed Kennedy in there because this team's just going to need some goal scoring, I think, somewhere. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't hurt. That's for sure. And it's funny that you mentioned Jordan Stahl. I mean, you you add Jordan Stahl to this team, and then Crosby comes back. All of a sudden, you have three captains out of your four <laughs> centers. You have. Sidney Crosby, who is obviously, oh, captain, my captain for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You have Jordan Stahl, who's currently the captain for the Carolina Hurricanes. And you have Teddy Bluger. He's the captain of Team Latvia. He's the captain of Team Latvia. He'll be leading them into the Olympics. So three captains and four center spots. What could you ask for? And then you have Evgeny Malkin, who's, you know, he's wore the A his entire career, but he'd be a captain anywhere else. So it is funny that you do mention that I have Stahl down here. Because he did lead that Crosby and Malkin-less team in the postseason, almost taking out... The Tampa Bay Lightning back in, what was it, 2011, I believe. Yep. So, I, I mean, if it wasn't for blowing a 3-1 to series lead, and, and we don't have to really rehash that, but done that, they almost got through the first round without Crosby and Malkin, and that is because, in in large part, due to Jordan Stahl being an anchor on that first line. So, obviously, he would be the number one center. And whenever Crosby came back or Malkin came back, he would obviously go down in the lineup, and that would also allow Jeff Carter to play on the wing when everybody else is healthy. So that 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 is also a very good bonus. Now, I have Stahl basically in the same slot that you have, Kennedy. That's That was where my mind went through first. But with Crosby only set to miss maybe two weeks of the season, at least fingers crossed, knock on wood, it is only two weeks of the season, I think they could, they could use an addition somewhere else. And it's kind of along the lines of your Kennedy pick because it's on the wing. It adds some scoring. I think this guy would be a perfect... Brian Burke guy, he's gritty, sandpaper, gets the job done, but also can score goals, stands up for his teammates. If I'm bringing back any former Penguin in the Crosby era to help this team right now, I'm bringing back 2013 Jerome Ginla. That's a good answer. Good answer. Five goals, 11 points in 13 regular season games, four goals, 12 points in 15 playoff games for a total of nine goals and 23 points in just 28 games as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Give me that power play unit. Give me that power play unit that we saw in March of 2013. I would love it. I feel like, obviously, we look back with rose-colored glasses at most of it, but then we also remember the way it ended. I think I'd love to see Jerome McGinley get another chance to end it in a better way in Pittsburgh than, than what happened in Boston. And also, just because I want to see that power play unit again. It was so good. It was lethal in the one of the last months of that season. Yeah, I think 
Again, was a good answer. I like the name. I think I tried to, and I'm not disrespecting your answer at all. I tried to pick up a you know a guy or two where they had longevity with the team, and you kind of remember the name because again, a great answer. But you said again, my immediate first thought was also, oh, Marion Hosa was a was a bummer when he was here. I mean, that was his. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have to pull the numbers up again, but that was one of his better, if not his best, career postseason with us. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, he went on to win three Stanley Cups in Chicago, but still, I think um, his short amount of time here was um, ratio-wise some of his best. So I like the short answer too. Like that's a good little like, hey, he's only you know Crosby's only supposed to be gone for maybe two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, why not get a guy that was kind of only here for two weeks in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> it works out. So I like those yeah. that answer as well. Plus, yeah, I remember when we got a Gila. That was a not a life-changing moment, but a moment of, holy hell, we're doing this, aren't we? And then we went all the way to get swept into the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, still, fun times. That team was so much fun to watch and entertaining to be to you know want to you know be at the games and be a part of. So I appreciate that answer as well. Always fun whenever there's a future Hall of Famer brought in to add to your team. <laughs> it, I mean, to your team of future Hall of Famers. So that was. That was one of my favorite childhood teams, of course. Obviously, the 2008 team with Marion Hossa, as you mentioned. I mean, his overtime goal to send the New York Rangers home was huge. His almost goal in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals that year would have blown the roof off of Mellon Arena. So I I like that thought process, too. Some other players that I wrote down here, just for fun, just to kind of take a little walk down memory lane. People don't realize how good Pascal Dupuis was. very true. And I would love, I, it, it's unfortunate the way that his career had to end because of all the issues with health, but I would love to see a healthy Pascal Dupuy, what he would have done with Sidney Crosby in 2016, what he would have done with that Sidney Crosby that played in 2016-17 and went and won another con Smythe. Pascal Dupuy on that line would have been a whole lot yeah, of fun. Uh, Duper doesn't get enough credit, but I think that's just because um, he's not known as like the skill guy. He kind of really was mm-hmm. just a stick me on a line and I can mold into anything you really need. And sure, he still didn't mm-hmm. collect all of the points, but um, I mean, I, I have his stats in front of me. He led the league in plus minus one year. Hell yeah. Hey. He must, I mean, it was the shortened 12 13 season where he was a plus 31. Oh, yeah, that Crosby Kunitz Dupuis yeah. line was absolutely torturous in 2012 yeah, 13. He had 38 points. The season before, he had 59. That's got to be the career high, right? Yep. 25 goals, 34 assists. That's he, His career popped off when he came here. I mean, yeah, he had a 48 point season early on with Minnesota, but um, I mean, we really sheltered. We housed him. We gave him. You know, we gave him Sidney Crosby to play with. We gave him Evgeny Malkin to play with at times. And then, you know, in hindsight, Pascal Dupuis is built as like a third line guy. So if he was ever just mm-hmm. on the third line away from those two, he still fit in. It was, I mean, mm-hmm. that never happened, but he was able, he was the original guy that's able to play everywhere. He was the yeah. original one for this team. And now, I mean, yeah. when you ask that, what if? You're Sorry, good. I'm go trying ahead. to think who did. I said Danton Heinen. No, I said Heinen sounded like Kunitz, right? Yeah, you yeah. said Heinen kind of is resembling to Kunitz a little in, bit. In certain ways in my head. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, when you talk about what-ifs with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, 
for some reason in my head when I talked about, you know, what if Pascal Dupuis didn't have his health issues? I mean, what if Bo Bennett didn't have his health issues? Yeah. Who? What would have happened? I mean, obviously, he it seemed like he was made of glass, and that's unfortunate. But, I mean, what if he would have actually played? Would he have been better? I don't know. What if Daniel Sprong would have been appropriately handled? You would have probably have three Daniel Sprong I think, jerseys. Yeah, probably. I think the thing with um, Dupuis, though, is he was 36 anyway. I, I don't know That's how true. many years he had left on a contract. And the way he played was a little little more uh, gritty and hard-nosed. So maybe he wouldn't have had too many years left anyway. But he'd at least be part of the back-to-back situation. I mean, he was there for the beginning of the first... Yeah. Um, he was there for 18 games in the first one. So we know mm-hmm. he would have at least you know been around for the second. Um, not not too sure how far after that. I'd have to like pull up cap friendly and dig into his contract history. But yeah, I would imagine it would have gone pretty much hand in hand with the end of Chris Kunis's career. Yeah, I would assume that too. They were they were basically on the same trajectory before all the health issues arised with yeah. Dupuy. And uh, Kunitz decided to where do you go after directly after us? Tampa Bay. He went to Tampa, and then I believe Chicago. he played in Chicago a little bit. The Tampa Bay is the weird one. He was part. He, he was actually, I think, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Chris Kunitz was part of the list of people that Marc-Andre Fleury called about Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that Fleury, I have not looked into the Fleury situation at all with that in Chicago, mm-hmm. but. Apparently he called a bunch of people asking about, you know, what's it like playing in Chicago and Chris Kunitz was. Well, I, I mean, I, that makes sense. Play most of your yeah. career with one guy and then, hey, you spent a year where I'm going. How was it? <laughs> yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, he played, oh, he played the full 82 in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he played a full season. I didn't realize that. It was also that's the yeah that was the year they lost in bad fashion, wasn't it? Twenty eighteen nineteen. Nope, never mind. The year? They went. I was about to say twenty eighteen nineteen was the year that the, they broke records lost and, in the conference finals. The year with Kunitz to yeah. Washington. Wow, Kunitz on the losing side of a Washington series. Well, that year so was Mark Andre Fleury. Hey yo. <laughs> So, I mean, realistically, there's a lot of good names here. I, I, I do want to bring up Rob Klinkhammer for your sure, pleasure again. <laughs> but, but no, if I, if I was getting somebody with a weird name, it would either be Alexei Ponikarovsky or Ruslan Fedotenko. Oh, you, if we, we want to talk about what-ifs and fun names. Oh, his name's going to mm-hmm. escape me, isn't it? Sergei Plotnikov. There it is. <laughs> I knew that's where it you were going, to too. Said. Big old 61, scoring a huge goal in the Hockeyville game in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and then that's Shout basically out to it. preseason hockey. <laughs> you gotta love it. Man, I got nothing else. We're, you got nothing else. All right, perfect. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to finish off this week with our shout-outs and call-outs. We'll be right back. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, which it is now in Arizona, so check this out if you're in Arizona, DraftKings has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers 
a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game during week two. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. The NFL season is here, so make sure you go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN for great odds and opportunities. Again, that's DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code THPN. Shoutouts and callouts. I mean, before we even get started... Call out to that feeling that you get when you wear a hat all day with your hair back, and then it feels like you're pulling each individual hair out. It's awful. Yeah, my head's pretty numb to that whenever I wear hats, but just about 24-7. I'm still not. That's why my hair is going crazy, because I, I had to take the hat off. But let's start with shout-outs, Horwat. Who are you all shouting right, out so this week? so I'm going to get sad for a moment and then get to my real shout-out, because I said oh. I lo- was looking for a note for... Uh, mm-hmm. to what we were talking about earlier. Never found the note because the first thing I see when I pull up Twitter um, is an up is a breaking news story that comedian Norm Macdonald has passed away at the age of 61, and Norm Macdonald is effing hysterical. Uh, go back and watch any of his SNL weekend updates, and if you if you don't know who Norm Macdonald is, at least that is um, one of the possible Mount Rushmore of comedy guys. I'd say he's one of the funnier guys that. Uh, has ever walked this earth and man seeing celebrities die sucks <laughs> i don't know how else to put it yeah uh, i haven't looked into any more details i just read that headline it was and that's whenever i said it, i was very thrown off by something it was finding that out as i was just trying to look for a note that uh we were discussing but to my real uh shout out though it is you you mentioned at the very beginning of the show because i was trying to quickly turn my xbox off it is the actual return of the chris collinsworth slide because <laughs> Fun things with football and watching Collinsworth slide in is one of them. I think the Twitter account that you know rates each slide is very funny. Um, the fact that Al Mike, no, not Al Michaels, Al Michaels, yeah, Al, Al Michaels. Michaels. I always is, get the yeah, names because broadcast partner. That Al Michaels is kind of dug into it as well and saying slide on in every time. And um, hey, football season is fully back. Why they didn't do it last year, I don't know, or why because he couldn't do it mm-hmm. last year. Maybe just different camera angles. But, hey, we have the return of the slide, and it, football's fun again. Football is most definitely fun again. That's why my shout also goes to the NFL, because it's back. It is back with one hell of a week one. I, I mean, personally, to me, it was a crazy week one. I went 8-8 eight and eight on picks, which is awful. I could not predict anything to save my life. Obviously, I didn't win any of my sports bets this weekend. I lost, I won't want to say a good bit of money because I'm, I'm cheap and I don't Absolutely. spend too much money. But I lost money this weekend. But I still had a great time watching football. The Thursday night game between the Bucks and the Cowboys, absolute just pandemonium. Fantastic game. 
all the way up and through the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Raiders. Insane, insane game. Also, it's always nice to see the Baltimore Ravens, you know, take that big L. Same with the Cleveland yep, Browns over the weekend. Pittsburgh Steelers are tied for first in the AFC North with the, the Bengals? All right, I guess I'll take it. It's only one week. But there were some great performances as well. Obviously, you look at Chandler Jones having five sacks on the day. TJ Watt doing a TJ Watt kind of thing, going in there, garbage pail guy, getting the strip sack, you know, busting through into Art Rooney's office saying, I'll sign the contract, I'm going to go to work. Love that too. That's a very Pittsburgh thing to do. Whether or not it happened is different. But I think also why I'm excited is when the NFL returns, you know you're one step closer to the NHL. Oh, it's absolutely. That's what all those like hockey Twitter accounts were talking about. Like, yeah, football's back. Great. That only means hockey is as far away. Hey, for what it's worth, football was fun this week. Um, I wanted to mention, yeah, you, you mentioned the Browns losing. That's always fun to watch, especially when it's Baker. <laughs> um, because throwing a hissy fit oh, on again, the Oh, again, because those commercials are so annoying. I'm going to be honest. Um, and I'm not... At home. Yeah, th- those ones. I also forgot about the Hulu <laughs> ones. I don't even know if those are running anymore, but still. Um, oh, what else? Oh, and how about the Aaron Rodgers Revenge Tour not getting off to a good start? Oof. Oof. The Jameis... You know, rebranded. The Jameis Winston Revenge yes. Tour. Let's have it. MVP Jameis Winston. Five touchdowns. No interceptions. I mean, it's more of it's more of a big deal that he threw no interceptions that he threw five oh, touchdowns. Because he's thrown five touchdowns before. <laughs> he can do that in his sleep, probably. It's the Yeah, but usually when he throws five touchdowns, he also throws exactly. five touchdowns. Exactly. So the fact that he didn't throw any is a good start. Um, was there any other big things? The multiple overtimes happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did the Ravens end up picking for their running back? Just, just Lamar Jackson? <laughs> I mean, okay. pretty much. Good. Pretty much. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's on that yeah. roster. And I remember, I I don't think he got. I don't know if he. Yeah, even and I remembered what I wanted to ask you. You said you went eight for eight. Did you pick the Bills or like everyone? Like everyone did, or did you? Pick? Yeah, no, I picked the Bills. Everyone did. I didn't make picks or anything, but I, I, I don't. To. I I don't select with my heart. I select with my head, and, and my head said Bills, and thankfully Absolutely. I was wrong. I I love when I'm proven wrong in those instances, but some of the other picks that I had, you know, I I should know better than pick the G men. <laughs> oh well. Hey, well, it's only week one, everybody. Strap in. Yeah. We have an extra week this year. I'm still in preseason four. It's true. So we're uh, <laughs> so we're the so was the Steelers' offense like the first half. Well, that's true. Also, new oh, offensive god. line. Oh god. Playing the Bills' defenses is pretty good. So we'll see how that all goes. But let's move on to our callouts to end off the show. I'll lead us off with the callouts. I do want to call out TNT, not for everything they've done, but for one thing specifically that they did. They released kind of their full panel earlier today. The fact that you're still using Keith Jones in the oh, broadcast yeah. just irks me, man. Keith Jones being, I mean, he's at ice level now, so we don't have to watch him every intermission talk for five minutes at a time, but we are going to have to listen to him during the game for 45 seconds at a time. So before I move on to this, Keith Jones or Pierre McGuire, which one's worse? Pierre. I think. I think it's Keith well, Jones. I think for what it's worth. Pierre's annoying, but he does yeah, the same thing. that's fair. I think for what it's worth, Keith Jones at ice level is at least different than, different than what we've been hearing recently. Um, True. At least at the broader scale, I think. I know he's done ice level stuff before, and I think recently. I just don't remember it all. Um, but also, uh, what's with the Bissonette thing? What, are we... Uh, what, I don't know. Uh, what is, has, the, has his podcast just gotten him taken off of his uh, Coyotes thing? 
No, I think he still does the Coyotes thing. I, I, as far as I know, he still works for the Arizona Coyotes. So it's just Paul Bissonnette going to get that money. I mean, we always talked about who's going to be the Charles Barkley on TNT. That's probably what they're hoping Paul Bissonnette's going to be. it's Bissonnette and Rick Tockett? Okay. I think Kenny Albert and Brennan Burke being as the play-by-play is good. Hey, welcome back, Eddie O. Um, I'm happy for Liam yes, McHugh. gotta love me, Liam McHugh. I love Liam McHugh. I, I, I think he does a really good job. So seeing that he got a job right away, that made me happy. Seeing that Jackie Redman, Jennifer Botterill, they got jobs, that made me happy because I think those two do mm-hmm. a really good job. And obviously, the, the big name on here is Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the Rick Tockett one shocks me a little bit because, I mean, that dude could still coach if he really wanted to. Uh, yeah. But, hey, you know, getting the great one, I guess. That's... There's a lot of Arizona blood here. Wayne Gretzky, Rick Tockett, <laughs> Paul Bissonnette. There's going to be a lot of Arizona love on that panel. That may be why this happened. Oh. Gary Bettman might be like, we, we need help in Arizona. Let's put a bunch of Arizona people on national television. Yeah, let's put Arizona people on national television rather than find them a damn arena. <laughs> All right. Um, and no, it, it, this still looks fine to me. I think, yeah, Key Jones is just, yeah. you want new blood and that's not it. Liam McHugh's fun. Like I said, I like Kenny yeah. Albert a lot, so that's cool. I just, I'm over Paul Bissonnette, to be totally honest. I'm over the gimmick. Um mm. Rick Tockett, I think, just kind of came out of left field just because I thought he would find another coaching job. I thought he was going to Seattle. Exactly. I, I really did. I thought him, I thought him and Ron Francis, I thought that connection was, was, was really going to come back together, but yeah. I guess not. Other than that, though, I really do enjoy this uh, setup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Darren Pang's really good, and actually it'll be fun to actually kind of see him more. I don't think I've ever really seen anything where I can remember Darren Pang doing analysis, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so overall, this is good. I just wanted to, you know, get on my soapbox a little yeah. bit about Keith Jones. Realistically, it's not that bad. It's just something I like to complain about, just like everybody liked to complain about Pierre Maguire, even though sometimes he is genuinely bad. <laughs> Exactly. Not our problem anymore, though. He's Ottawa's problem. Horwat, what is your call-out to finish off the show? Oh, man, I have to call out the uh, Buffalo Sabres for, um, and it's not for their vaccination thing they're doing, but that's good. That's a good thing uh, that they're requiring mm-hmm. vaccines for attendance. But... Mm-hmm. So they announced some new numbers on their team, and Aaron Dell went with the number 30. Um, yeah. The disrespect. Well, yeah, I think now that Ryan Miller's officially retired, it's a little more disrespectful because Youngstown, na- Youngstown native? Michael Hauser? I'll look that up. I think up. it's Youngstown <laughs> or Steubenville. It's one of the two. Um, Michael Hauser wore number 30 last year for, like, two games, but also he was a call-up. And Ryan Miller was still playing, so it's different, I guess. But Aaron Dell um, chose number 30, which is famously in Buffalo, Ryan Miller's number. Uh, A lot of the Mm -hmm. fan base was wondering why was this a selection whenever his number should be retired in the near future, as it probably damn well should be in that town. And just, I I threw this question out on Twitter, just who is more at fault here? Dell for selecting it or the Sabres for letting him have it? Because the player does... You know, say, hey, I want to be this number. But at the same time, the team's got to say no. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not that, you know, hurt over it. It's just, hey, you know, I don't think... No one's worn 68 in Pittsburgh since Yager left, and there's a reason for that. Um, 
I feel like there's a little bit of a level change between Yarmir Yager and Ryan Miller. Though. That's fair, but I think in the same vein, I'm trying to think of another one that's like at least a popular one around. I can't remember anything though. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh sometimes you just teams are aware like hey don't wear this number because it's just reserved for things and that should have been one of them for buffalo and the only people that got really mad at it were buffalo people and they should have yeah and i just figured hey buffalo's not doing anything good recently let's just throw well, more onto the pile yeah a lot of negative press for the buffalo sabers uh you were asking about where ryan miller was born no, Michael Hauser. Michael Hauser. Okay, I was about to say, Ryan Miller is from East Lansing, Michigan. No, but, I, uh, no, I, Michael Hauser. Hauser, because he wore 30 for, like, a couple of games last year. Yeah. But, like, again, he was, like, a call-up. Because um, one of those games was against the Penguins. Like, his like his first or something, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, no, it wasn't his first. He had, I think, a couple shutouts. It was, like, his third or fourth start for the Buffalo Sabres. But he was playing pretty well when he came up to play the Penguins. He is from Youngstown, Ohio. Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. I was getting him, and I looked up Dean Martin the past few days, and he's from Steubenville, so that's where the confusion came in. So, because I was having a conversation, because I can just go on this tangent for a minute. I was having a conversation with Megan that not too many good things come out of Ohio. (laughs) I said my only acceptable answers are the 1975 Reds. I don't even remember. There was, like, another – oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Drew Carey. (laughs) If you're a basketball fan, LeBron James. Boo. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't usually root for LeBron James, but still one of the greatest of all time. Anyway, if you're listening from Ohio, I'm totally messing around. It's I'm not. Y'all suck at driving. on Ohio. <laughs> Damn. It's because they, they don't have hills to avoid, okay? It's flatland out Fair there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. And thank you to everybody that has tuned in over Season 2. We're getting ready to start up Season 3 as by the next time we discuss anything here on the podcast, there would have at least been a couple development camp trainings. So we'll have some Penguins hockey to look at. Not very much, but we are closing in here on the start of the preseason, which means we're closing in on the start of the regular season. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.